Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text hope NY in New York. What's up, guys? This is EJ Holland with the Wolverine.com, and we are back with another Wolverine live recruiting show alongside me is my co-host Zach Libby. We're gonna talk about a key staff departure, some staff additions, and uh, you know, 2024, I guess, is still relevant because Jaden Smith asked out of his NLI. So we'll cover all of that, but before we do, make sure to like this video. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are at 28,000 subscribers, so we're well on our way to 30,000. So make sure to subscribe to the channel and like this video so we can get in front of other Michigan fans. Tonight's show is sponsored by My Perfect Franchise. Are you ready to leave the corporate rat race for the American dream? My Perfect Franchise can help with that. Visit them at myperfectfranchise.net. Are you looking for a side hustle while working your current job? Do you want to diversify, build wealth, or leave a legacy? Andy Ludicky at My Perfect Franchise can help with all of that as well. Andy is a franchise consultant as well as a franchise owner and helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets, financial requirements, time to commit, and more. His services are 100% free. And he's here to help if you have any questions about business ownership. And that's Andy Ludicky at MyPerfectFranchise.net. You can contact him over the phone at 404-973-9901. Or you can shoot him an email at Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Head over to MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're interested, make sure to reach out to Andy. And as always, you know, every time we read this ad, it gets more and more enticing to get it, get in on the franchise game, man. We 
definitely want to own our own Chick-fil-A's and McDonald's and, you know, things of that nature. So head over to myperfectfranchise.net. Andy Ludicky is the man that can help with that. All right. So if you want a question answered on tonight's show, remember this is the Super Chat Show. So click that little box with the money sign and you can get your question answered on tonight's show. Um, before we dive into the uh, questions, Zach, how's it going? It's, uh, you know, just following the aftermath of a key departure on the coaching staff, as you mentioned, this weekend was loaded with reactions and comments and thoughts of the future. So looking forward to diving into that. Um, we do have an off-topic question really quick. We'll get to that. I know I said it's super chat only, but uh, I guess it's uh, related. Our <laughs> Green says, I've never seen this before, but why is a Texan wearing a White Sox hat and a Michigan man wearing a Yankees hat? Uh, so for me, yeah, I'm from Texas, but obviously I lived in, in Chicago for four years or so before my wife forced us to move uh, to get her PhD. But uh, yeah, I still rep Chicago. I'm Old Park, Ukrainian Village. That's still my spot. So I was uh, close to, to the White Sox and I hope to move back to Chicago soon. So that's why I still rep the Sox. Uh, Libby has a weird obsession with New York, but he can answer. As you can see, he also has a Knicks flag next to him. Yeah, diehard Knicks fan. And New York's the best city in America, so it's no question. Got to rep it. He just say he looks like a, like he's fresh off the boat with Borat. He's like, let me adopt everything New York. Um, surprised you <laughs> haven't seen him wearing an I love New York shirt. But anyway, let's get this show back on the rails. Steve Klinkscale is no longer on Michigan staff. He is off to the NFL, joining Jim Harbaugh with the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, like Zach said, we had plenty of reaction to Clink leaving. I wrote a couple of different intel pieces on what his departure means from talking to uh, both recruits and their parents. But, you know, Zach Clink was very active in one of the states you're always in, and that's Ohio. Obviously, he was the area recruiter in the Detroit Metro as well. You know, what do you think uh, the impact is? As far as losing Clank, you know, how much will it hurt Michigan on the recruiting trail, specifically in the Midwest? I think, I mean, let's start off with how he is as a coach and as a recruiter. I mean, Michigan's losing a person who is who's so easily relatable and easily connectable with. Um, you're talking about a coach who it, it was just someone that probably wasn't seen as a coach, but could be seen as like an uncle or a, or a brother or a long lost friend or a family member. Like the way that Klingscale develops relationships and connections with recruits and their families and their coaches, it really speaks on, an, on how talented Klingscale is just as a college football coach. And I think Michigan loses that, um, that, positive especially on the recruiting trail um Kling scale has a way of prospects who you know end up becoming those top 100 kids those five-star kids he evaluates them early to the point where if they get an offer um 
that relationship that was built early becomes a factor in the long run. Um, Klingscale is, you know, he starts recruiting these kids when they're in eighth grade, ninth grade. Um, the parents, the coaches, the the trainers, the mentors of these recruits, they, you know, they've talked to us extensively for as long as Klingscale has been on staff about just how impressed, um, you know, they are with Michigan, with Klingscale leading the way. Whether that's in South Florida or Ohio or Tennessee, uh, Kentucky, Michigan, um, any of those areas that Klingscale had a really gr- tight grasp with. Um, but I think, you know, for example, I'm not exactly sure what's going on with uh, with Zach's mic. Um, it looks like he's coming out a little distorted. Zach, if you want to try to get out and get back in, um, I'm not not exactly sure what's going on unless our uh, producer says it's my internet. But um, yeah, uh, as far as you know, you know, my thoughts on losing playing kind of to just bounce off of that from a national perspective. I think that you know he. He did a really good job of recruiting down in Florida as the area recruiter. He had already established a really, really good relationship with DJ Pickett. And we'll talk a little bit more about Pickett in general. Um, You know, obviously he landed Chris Ewald out of Florida um, before he kind of decommitted during this transition period. And, you know, from an overall standpoint, I think Clank is a guy that didn't necessarily close with the elites of the elites, right? Like he went all in on uh, Bryce West and Aaron Scott last cycle and didn't end up with either, Um, you know, 2023. He did close with Jair Hill, um, but over the last two cycles, didn't end up with any um, top 100 recruits. Hill and Josiah Edmond were were right there, but, but didn't make it in the top 100. But it's tough, you know, for Clink, or for anybody that comes in to replace him to land a top 100 prospect at the cornerback position, because corner is such a premium position. So you're going to be handicapped by a lack of an NIL plan on the recruiting trail. So I thought Clink did a really good job, man. I think he kind of gets a little bit of a bad rep just because, you know, he didn't close on one of the, uh, you know, big time Ohio guys last cycle with either Scott or West, but I thought he was really good at evaluating talent. He obviously is responsible for helping Michigan really rebuild that bridge uh, into Ohio. And, you know, locally, he was really well respected by the high school coaches, just being the area recruiter in Wayne County. I think that a lot of high school coaches had a ton of love for Clink. So, you know, I do think he will be missed. More importantly, though, I think Michigan is now having to play from behind, you know, because Clink had the relationship with Pickett and Ewald and Alex Graham and Trey McNutt and Jamari Deloach. And there's just so many guys Clink had a relationship with in the secondary. He was your last man standing now the entire defensive staff is gone so whoever comes in to replace clink and comes in to replace jay harbaugh like those guys are gonna have to hit the ground running because you know other schools are going to have the advantage 
in terms of the uh, pre-existing relationships with those guys. You know, Michigan's always going to be a factor for Pickett or Graham because they're, you know, basically legacy recruits with both of their moms having gone to Michigan. But still, I think there's going to be some catching up to do in the secondary, which is pretty disappointing considering how strong of a cycle it is in the defensive backfield in 2025. So that's kind of my overall thoughts on Clank. Zach, obviously you were cut off. You know, do you want to kind of finish what you were saying about Clank before uh, we experienced those technical difficulties? Yeah, I don't know what happened, but um, I, I guess overall, I think you have to find whoever comes in has to be as good of building personal relationships as Klingscale has, because, I mean, he's primarily responsible for making Michigan in the mix for Aaron Scott and Bryce West top guys in key regions. So whoever comes in next has to have that personality to connect with people on a personal level more than just football. Um, this comment from P Maximus, he says, Clink told the players 48 hours prior that he was staying, then went on to recruiting only to change his mind. In two days, I've lost respect for him and can't trust him for his word anymore. I just, I'm not really sure how fully accurate that was because DJ Pickett's mother told me that she knew about Clink literally. Okay, so after Clink left, I messaged DJ Pickett's mom, and she told me she already knew the day prior. So, like, as that report was coming out that Clink was informing the players that he was staying, I guess the Pickett family already knew he was leaving. So, you know, it kind of contradicts that a little bit. So, you know, the Pickett family was fully aware he was leaving before it was made public at all. So I, I'm not really sure. You know, I, I know Clink probably wrestled with the idea of staying at Michigan and he might've given the players, you know, an update on his thought process because Clink, you know, I think one thing about Clink is he was always one of the, the realest guys on staff, you know, Clink was the guy that, you know, was very, very honest. And I, I don't think he would have just been like, yeah, I'm staying and then I'm leaving like in a matter of, you know, a few hours, I think, he probably just kept the guys updated on the process. And at one point he probably thought he was going to stay. And then, you know, the, the wink hire was official and maybe that changed some things, but I know that Pickett's family was at least aware of it before, you know, anybody else was. And, and that was along the same timeline as that report. So I guess, you know, and speaking of that report, it, it kind of had a negative impact on all the, uh, the recruits because they saw that report and then they were like, then they woke up the next day and they were like, what the hell? Like Alex Graham was like, I didn't even know. I thought Clink was staying until you messaged me. Same thing with Elijah Dotson and Zach. Like these guys <laughs> saw that report and then we're kind of, you know, a little bit uh, pissed off about that. But I, you know, I think the good thing is Clink had done a really good job of selling the program and not just himself. And so a lot of these guys are still going to, uh, wait and see what happens. Like Jamari Deloge told me Michigan's still Michigan. Um, his father actually sent me a message and told me that um, told me that Michigan was going to be in consideration as long as Michigan wanted them. So, you know, I think a lot of these guys are kind of, you know, just wait and see. So, you know, we'll see how it all transpires and we have to see who they hire. And I know some people are, are talking about Corey Parker in the, the chat and, you know, we can't really give you um, insight on, you know, where they are with Parker or any other DB coaches. That's for our team guys 
uh, Chris Ballas and Anthony Broom and Clayton Safey. But I can tell you that Corey, Proc Corey Parker was brought up to Zach this weekend by a couple of recruits, correct? Yeah. Um, you know, just they've, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, Corey Parker um, is a DB coach at Toledo and spent over a decade with River Rouge High, um, a Metro Detroit school who won the um, state championship um, in football. I think it was Parker's last year with River Rouge that they won it. But yeah, a guy with a lot of Metro, you know, Detroit ties, um, Ohio ties, a guy who I think has two guys in Toledo going first round at defensive back, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, you know, just there's a video of Corey Parker on Twitter right before the MHSA state championship for River Rouge. And if you want to get to know kind of the person that he is, look up that video. Um, it It's from 2019. But regardless, I think for someone, I think the reason why Corey Parker gets brought up because you know, DB recruits that we've spoken to, you know, they, they want a guy who's honest, who's approachable, who keeps it real, who's going to let them know how it is in order for them to have the proper development on and off the field. Corey Parker has the personality and the, the way of going about the way he goes about himself to have that kind of resonate with targets, especially those in the Midwest. Um, so I feel like that would be the reason why his name gets brought up numerous times, whether it's rumor based or not. Um, you know, there's others too, but you know, the overall sentiment for replacing a guy like Link Scale is just having a real personality. Someone that they can say, like, I'm gonna be in the trenches with you. You know, you're not gonna be doing this alone. So overall we'll see how it happens. But yeah, over Corey Parker is a name that we've both been hearing and um you know, I, I feel like that would be a very positive move, I guess, for showing um, recruits who are already interested, you know, continue to have that. Yep. So uh, Clink is gone. We're going to talk a little bit about a couple of additions that have now become official. Steve Casula is the new tight ends coach and J.B. Brown is the new special teams coordinator. Names that Michigan fans might not be super familiar with um zach i'm going to throw it back to you uh talk a little bit about steve casula he is a former analyst he was you know heavily involved with samaj morgan and his family and a few other recruitments during his time at michigan before he went over to umass obviously he's now back um at michigan what some buzz you've picked up on casula as, as a recruiter and what are you kind of expecting from him on the trail He's already hitting the ground running. Um, he is already getting on the phone with recruits at, at the tight end position. Um, this comes after Michigan had their first recruiting weekend in the beginning of February. And, you know, Castula wasn't officially announced or in the building yet. But, you know, in terms of tight end targets, um, they're getting immediately connected on the phone with Casula. Um, you know, for someone who who's coming in and joining in this staff i you know his immediate impact casula's immediate impact is going to be in state recruiting having someone to you know partner up or i guess tag team 
with wide receivers, Coach Ron Bellamy, someone with vast connections in this state. I feel like it's going to boost recruiting as it did with, you know, when Clinkscale and Bellamy were doing it. Um, you know, Castillo is the former offensive coordinator for Davenport, um, Ferris State, both Division II um, programs, football programs, you know, along with his tenure at Michigan as an analyst. You know, all that goes into just um, his commitment to grabbing guys in state. And I feel like he showed that as an offensive coordinator for UMass. Um, if, you're, if you do research with UMass, too, you know, you see so many guys pick up UMass offers in the state. And, you know, that's thanks in part to Casula. But with Michigan, um, there's a recruit that we spoke to on Saturday, um, Lincoln Watkins out of Port Huron. And he said he has a he had a phone call with Casula on Monday. And I feel like that's the type of what we've just mentioned, having hit in the ground running with these tight end targets to, you know, obviously um, sh continue the success of recruiting that Grant Newsom had when he was tight ends coach. But um, overall, you know, you see Eli Owens, 2025 tight end commit, showing a lot of excitement for Casula on social media and other places. But, um, you know, there's an opportunity for Michigan to continue selling that tight end position, um, regardless of new head coach or not. But you're going to see someone like Casula, who's young, energetic, knows the program well, and he's going to be able to sell the program well um, at, a tight, at a position that, you know, is utilized so well. Um, but... Yeah, you're going to, you know, uh, I feel like this was a solid hire. A guy, as I mentioned, who's very familiar with the state, um, has experience coaching in the state, and he's going to hit, as we mentioned, he's going to have a commitment to recruiting. And I feel like that's what Michigan needs um, at a tight, at a position so vital like tight end. Yeah, on the, uh, well, really quick, you know, Eli Owens already is committed to Michigan, does have a tight end commit, and he showed some support of Casula on social media. So, you know, Casula might not be this big name, but with uh, Clink, you know, no longer on staff and Mike Hart's uh, status up in the air, that's two guys that were responsible for Clink with Wayne County, um, Hart with Washtenaw County. So you have, you know, Casula that can slide into one of those roles potentially. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see what he becomes as a recruiter. Not a lot to go off of. Maybe he helped. Michigan get into New England a little bit more again or, or something of that nature just from a stop at UMass. But I think it's kind of just wait and see with Casula. It might be a little bit of wait and see with J.B. Brown as well, but he's definitely hit the ground running. Uh, J.B. was already on Michigan staff, worked closely under Jay Harbaugh. And as a special teams analyst, since Michigan didn't have the full staff, J.B. Brown was actually allowed to head out to um, to his home state of Texas and do some recruiting in person. So during the contact period, uh, Brown definitely had the opportunity to head out there, meet with high school coaches, meet with recruits. And I think he's going to be an important presence in the state of Texas. You look at recent lands out of Texas and Michigan's been able to pull a guy out of the state, you know, pretty much since I've been on this beat. And even before, you know, they've landed guys like Jamon and German Green, um, Alex Orgy, Tavier Dunlap, guys like that, Ike Wona. Um, I think Michigan's never really had a true tie to the state of Texas outside of Mo Linguist, who was only here for, you know, a few months 
before he uh, took off. So they've never really had a true tie to the state of Texas. And I think Brown can finally be that guy. Um, you know, I think more and more kids are willing to leave the state of Texas. You also have a lot of uh, talent there. So, you know, Texas, Texas A&M, LSU, they can't just take everybody. Right. So more guys are looking for different homes in different parts of the country. You also have a lot of move ins, particularly, in, you know, in, in Dallas and, and North Dallas. So, you know, I think those families have ties to different parts of the country as well and, and are willing to leave the state. So I think Michigan, now that they have a real tie with J.B. Brown, can really take that next step. And you might be saying, oh, EJ, well, J.B. Brown is just a special teams guy. He's not going to make any difference in Texas. You know that. You're a Texas guy. Um, look, he is deeply connected to Texas. His father, James, um, was a high school coach in both the uh, Houston and Dallas area for decades. He was most recently at Mansfield Timberview, which actually is home to on three def 300 defensive line target Dylan Battle. Um, it's a really good program and uh, one that's consistently in the playoffs. And James Brown is known across the state. So he's kind of part of that um, Texas high school coaching fraternity. You know, Texas is such a large state, but it's still a really tight knit community. And JB being the son of James Brown, being the son of a, a Texas high school coach who knows everybody, that's going to help a lot. Like the day JB Brown was hired, all I had to do was make a couple of phone calls and I was able to put together a 1300 word feature story on JV Brown and everybody knew him. It's not like nobody, it's not like people texted me back and were like, we don't know JV Brown. Everybody was like, yeah, definitely hit me up so I can talk about JV Brown. So he is plugged in down in Texas, thanks in large part to his father and he's young. I think he can connect with recruits. And like I said, he spent a lot of the contact period down in the state of Texas. He made several stops in Houston, several stops in Austin, several stops in Dallas. He offered kids on his own, um, including the first running back to ever get an offer from Michigan in 2026, JV and Osborne out of Forney. Um, Mike Hart didn't even offer a 2026 running back and JV Brown is offering 26 running backs. So, you know, I think JV Brown has a lot of potential given his ties to Texas. I'm curious to see if Michigan has him coach an actual position or if they only dedicate him to being a special teams coordinator. If he's only a special teams coordinator, then I think it's pivotal to get him even more involved in recruiting because he'll have uh, you know, more time probably than the other position coaches. So, um, you know, I think J.B. Brown has potential. I think Steve Casula has potential, but they're a little bit of unknowns. But I thought J.B. Brown showed some really good flashes here during the contact period. And uh, Casula arrived after the contact period, so he was unable to get on the road. But, uh, but yeah, both are, are younger guys that have been on staff. They're familiar with Michigan. They're familiar with how the staff operates. And, uh, you know, it, I, I, like I said, I think both have potential. Um, Zach, anything you else you want to add on J.B. Brown or Steve Casula? I think it's just important to have a guy on staff with such deep ties to Texas. Um, so much talent available to pluck away. And as you mentioned, guys who want to leave the state. So that's, that's crucial to have, just have a guy who's so well-respected immediately um, in that area. 
Uh, and very quickly, Michigan did hire a general manager as well, Sean McGee. That's not a true recruiting hire. You've seen other programs use the general manager spot as kind of a director of recruiting in a sense, uh, like Courtney Morgan, Michigan's former you know, director of recruiting. He's the general manager at Alabama and was the general manager at Washington. And obviously he's more recruiting focused. Michigan hired Sean McGee, who's going to have more of an operations type role where he's going to manage the recruiting department, but he's also going to have his hand in the roster construction, whether that's guys on the team or the transfer portal, he's going to have a hand in NIL. So he's going to be the guy kind of overseeing everything. Michigan now has a need for a real director of recruiting. And I know some people are like, EJ, what about Albert Karsnia? Well, Karsnia is now the recruiting operations coordinator. He's listed as that in the Michigan directory. So it looks like he'll be working hand in hand with McGee. Uh, Michigan does have an assistant director of recruiting in Sam Popper, who is doing a really good job, uh, but they still need to properly replace Courtney Morgan, which, you know, they haven't done since Morgan left. So a real director of recruiting is kind of the next step to filling out that department. All right. It is time to get your super chats in. If you want a question answered on tonight's show, make sure to hit that little uh, box with the dollar sign. That money goes directly to our travel budget and you can get a question answered on tonight's show. Um, before we get out of and it is about to end. So last topic is Michigan has lost a 2024 signee on 300 linebacker. Jaden Smith uh, got out of his NLI and that became official today. Um, very quick reaction to Jaden Smith getting out of his NLI, Zach. I think the we've talked about this before. I think the fear is who are there going to be any more guys that follow suit? Is this going to be a pattern? Um, especially those who've kind of uh, maybe feel like, you know, if one does it, then the rest follow kind of ordeal. But, you know, for a guy like Jane Smith, real quick, you know, when he posted his goodbye on Sunday, his um, post on social media, all the coaches, like on-field coaches that he mentioned or said thank you to, all of them are gone except for J.B. Brown, um, Jim Harbaugh, uh, Jay Harbaugh, Steve Klingscale, um, Chris Partridge, you know, guys who had a, you know, hand at Jane Smith's recruitment, they're all gone. So, you know, it, I, I don't see it as a surprise, you know, the relationships that he built, they're all not on the program anymore. So, you know, it's, it's tough to lose, you know, a hybrid, a hybrid role defensive player. But um, I feel like if Michigan can hang on to the rest of their 26 signees, I feel like, you know, you can get, you can delay damage or see, you know, hold on to your future, um, minimalize, minimalize the damage, basically, for this cycle. All right, guys, we have more than 130 viewers, so we should have more than 130 likes. Uh, make sure to like, hit that like button. It's completely free. It helps support the show and also subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're on the road to 30,000 subscribers. You know, my thought is, look, Jaden Smith is... You know, he's such an interesting prospect. He was very much a boomer bust type of recruit. Um, you know, you love the ceiling, but you also hate the floor. And you even look at his rankings, man. And he was a kid that was 
you know, ranked as a three star by two services. He was just inside the top 300 by on three. He was top 100 by ESPN. There was just so many varying opinions on him because, you know, he could go either way. Like he really could have been, you know, a, a tremendous player at Michigan. And he also could have been a guy we've never heard from again, you know? So um, I think from an on the field standpoint, you know, it was going to take a couple of years for him to make an impact on defense. Anyway, I thought he could have been an immediate impact player on special teams. Um, he was one of the best special teams players in the state of North Carolina, blocking several kicks and punts throughout his high school career. But, you know, he wasn't going to be a guy that was going to make an impact uh, right away. But I think this, you know, now opens up another question and that's, Will any other 2024 signees join him? Now, the signees are allowed to ask out of their letter of intent immediately. So, you know, no others have followed him so far, which is definitely a positive for Sharon Moore. But we're closely tracking guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Like Zach mentioned, you know, all of Jaden Smith's recruit or recruiters are not on the staff anymore. You look at guys like um, Devin Baxter, um, or Lugard at and it's kind of the same situation. Like those guys don't know anybody really on this staff. I mean, they, they probably know Sharon a little bit, but you know, everybody that was involved in, in Baxter's recruitment or at recruitment is gone. You know, there is no more Mike Elston. There's no Dylan Roney. There's no Steve Klingsko. There's no Jesse Minter, you know, all of the, every single person on the defensive side of the ball is gone, including Roney who did a great job behind the scenes. So, you know, we're monitoring all those guys closely, you know, all the 2024 signees have been fairly quiet. Again, I think it's positive. Nobody has followed uh, Smith and it's already been more than 24 hours since he got out of his NLI, but all these guys are free to ask out of their NLI immediately, unless they are early enrollees. At that point, you know, for guys that are on campus right now and part of the team, they would have to hop in the portal. And, you know, that probably wouldn't even happen until the spring window anyway, uh, because classes are kind of in full swing and it would be tough to transfer to another school at this point in time. But, yeah, I mean, we are we don't know of anybody that's, you know, set to get out of their NLI or anything, but uh, it is a situation worth uh worth monitoring especially on the defensive side of the ball zach anything to add on uh other 2024 signees potentially trying to ask out of their nli i think most uh, you know you mentioned you know it's just we'll see what happens um you know all the early enrollees they're in class right now but i feel like the rest of the 24 that are not defensive are okay just especially at offense, you know, you have the rest of the assistant coaches intact. So it's a matter of just seeing those defensive guys who does, you know, realizes the future of Michigan, who believes in it and who kind of figures out that their future is elsewhere. We'll full find out. All right, guys, thanks for joining us on tonight's show. Big shout out to our producer, Megan. I, I guess we had a little bit of technical difficulties. It may have even been on my end, but our producer, Megan, is back. So shout out to her. It was a long month of Zach having to produce. So shout out to him for stepping into that role. Uh, Megan was abducted by aliens and they finally brought her back. So we're happy to have her. Um, but appreciate you guys for joining us. Make sure to like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And uh, I will see you tomorrow for the Q&A show. Madness is here.
Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-427 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York. 